1: Welcome to another edition of the Stardom Road podcast here on the Countout Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Scott Edwards. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Trent Brewer. Trent, how are you on
2: this fine day? I'm doing good. Um, It's always fun when you get a topic that you have some... Kind of prior knowledge to, you know, what we're talking about today, I was watching as it all came down and I had my first-hand impressions and experiences. It's nice going back to it with kind of the renewed idea of what becomes of it. So it's been fun going back in time a little bit and reminiscing almost of the, uh, as I was truly well and truly into stardom. I'm rewalking the road. I've I've seen my footsteps. They were not that much smaller because I wasn't young enough that I was still growing, but I can spot those size 13 shoes in the, the sand, the gravel. I don't know what kind of road we're on.
1: I'm ha- I'm happy you found your uh, own shoes. That's great. I was worried that you wouldn't find your footprints in the road. But uh, if you read the title, you know why we're here. You know what Trent is talking about. You know the road that we are going down. And that, of course, is the year one run of the one and only the Tommy Ayeshista, better known. Once upon a time as the big rookie. Utami Hay She was um, you know,
2: I think she's done pretty well for herself, I'd say. Um yeah. yeah. Like uh the, the, the question was when Rossi was making her the big rookie, did I know what they're doing looking back in 2023? I think it's fair to say he had an idea. I
1: there's a lot of like wrestlers you could point to and be like, did Rossi real was Rossi wrong on this one? Was Rossi I don't think he could have hit more on the big rookie if he mm-hmm. tried. Sure, sure. Was it a lot out of the gate? Yeah. But um, when when it ultimately came down to it and Tommy was needed for this company, she couldn't have been more ready to go. And that's why I'm excited to really jump into the beginning of her journey because I think for the beginning of the journey, not everyone knows too much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people are likely to have jumped in to stardom um, when utami was reigning as the world of stardom champion or coming right off of her reign as the world of stardom champion so you only know the highest level of greatness from utami and we are recording this in a year where she had one of the great stories told in stardom history and uh, one of the best matches ever in stardom history a steel cage match Um, So it's only fitting that I think we dive in now here as we get close to closing out 2023, really diving into what has been an incredible first year for Utami in, in a first year that is unmatched. In the history yes. of Stardom.
2: And I, I think it's very important when we're talking about first years in wrestling. Yeah, if you ask a lot of people, who do you think had the best debut year in wrestling? Like you see a lot of people mention like a Brock Lesnar or a Kurt Angle. Uh, they seem to be the names thrown around the most. And look, fair enough, they had fantastic years. But I think people don't necessarily realize or they forget that they didn't just debut in WWE and have their first match in WWE. Kurt Angle, who had his quote unquote most amazing debut year, he didn't join the WWE properly. He wasn't on the main roster until after his debut year had already happened. He was off in WWA in Memphis doing dark matches and very small-time shows growing and learning. When we talk about legitimate debut years, you can look to someone like Utami who literally four months after she started training was having her very first match at a Hurricane Hall with a packed crowd and basically the rocket was struck to her literally from the first match. So not that, not to discredit someone like Kurt Angle, he turned out pretty good as well. But I think when we're talking rookie years, I think you have to kind of separate rookie years from quote unquote rookie years. And that really highlights what Utami was doing in yeah, you know, end of 2018, start of 2019.
1: And I think um, it's funny you bring that up because like the year that she was up for rookie of the year she lost to someone in ronda rousey who obviously mm-hmm. didn't have a true match until her debut either like obviously she had the mma background and stuff oh, yeah like that which is a big difference than you know how tommy came in but i do find that you know funny because i think with a lot of rookies and rookie of the year especially if you go through the observer awards um they are more fitting of what you just said which is mm. they've been wrestling in dark matches and and <laughs> in ovw and or even like uh, half the time it's like they wrestled some matches in the indies first and yeah. then they are cut considered rookie of the year because they get you know put up to a bigger spot um with utami it was right into the waters of stardom it was right into the beast per se of this company and and her debut was a major one mm-hmm it wasn't it wasn't like and if you go back and watch the video of her entire first match which of course was against jungle Kiona you you feel how big they're making it and it's all I don't uh, so I openly admit I was not watching then like I want to ask you when you were watching this when it made the tape obviously right? Hmm the way they presented it right jungle is making her entrance but they have utami and getting ready in the background right it's like they have this isn't something stardom just does like they don't yeah. have a secondary camera all that much unless like there's a reason for it this was one of those times you could see Nagi, like not, not unagi unagi <laughs> <laughs> i because <laughs> i remember they put her in a small camera once yeah and, and when she was making faces, and I can't get it out of my head, that's like the most recent time I remember them doing one of those on Stardom World. Um, but when it comes to Utami, you see her getting ready, you know, warming up, working out, and you can see the nerves in her. You can see the uncertainty. Obviously, you know, she's in her rookie gear. She's not yeah. all dressed up in the Queen's Quest stuff that we see today. No, this is this is as rookie as it gets. This isn't even like Miyu Amasaki. Um, advanced gear right this is this is just red simple and yet you are kind of in the know that this is a big deal and we should be paying attention
2: yeah, and it, look, it's funny you mentioned the rookie gear situation because I think in 2023, like, we look at the two most recent Stardom rookies, Hanako and Ayasakura, uh, they both have advanced-level rookie gear. Mm, it's kind though. of becoming the norm for Stardom. Like, when they're debuting a wrestler, they're coming in pretty fully formed in that respect. When Utami made her debut, although the gear looks quite simple, it felt big-time yeah. for a rookie in 2018. Absolutely. Uh, and, like... I actually really dig the rookie gear look and like just little things you'll notice, like this, this gear isn't plain. It has a logo on it and the logo is the hand signal that she was making at the start of her career. It's kind of the, it's a heart, but it's a heart where you've got your two sort of fists together with the thumbs pointed down to make the shape of the heart. That's on the rookie gear and you can see how much thought's already been put into her presentation and into her character that she's coming out with gear that has a design on it. And we we see we're sort of drawing from a couple of different interviews and sources for today's episode. And in one of them, it's in Ginza Mag. It was an online website that was covering it. It talks about how excited she was to design her gear and sort of help come up with the, the theme, theme music that she comes out with. It's all stuff that she's very clearly fully formed and thought about just in the amount of time that it took for her to get to the ring and have that debut. But they also invested in her to not just say, look, you you get yourself debuted, you have a few matches, and then we'll worry about designing stuff that's special for you. Yeah. she came in fully formed and you see that not only in how good she is straight away in the ring, but in that presentation that you're talking about
1: fully formed and having the opportunity to have full input, which I think is a very big deal. Right. Mm. Cause I think it's, if you're trying to uh, make it known that this wrestler is going to be important, uh, you can't just give them like, the pads and call it a day like you can't just give them the uh the knee pads and the the trunks and the you know the that's what you you can't do that you can't go full like i, I like to call it young lion because i think that's what's easiest for people right you can't sure. go full that or like in joshi you can't go just singlet right <laughs> that a lot of uh rookies do that in other companies still um you can't do that you need to hmm. let them stand out and that is something that stardom has obviously done really well since then, you yes. know, that's just something they do really well. I mean, Miu Amasaki obviously is a good example, as someone who also made a you know, she main evented a show in her debut mm. match against Tsutami. Um, which you know, there's obviously a purpose for that one. Um, but when looking and thinking about this match, um, I, th- I think it's cited is 2020, like you. You think of the times where I because I, I remember when I got into start, right? And like s- people specifically asked me, what do you think of Utami? Hmm. As I'm getting caught up and stuff, I was like, I mean, I think she's pretty good. Like I'm watching her early matches. I'm like, there's still a lot to you know there's still a lot there she that she needs to yeah. get to, but there's still clearly something there. I think I was in like a tag match she had with Momo or something, and I obviously I i'm happy i felt that way because i was i, I happened to be right i think it was a, one of her uh either it was her first year it was one yes. of her first year matches and i just think like going back and rewatching this and the debut it's incredible how advanced she was
2: all things considered Absolutely, and I think the important thing to keep in mind with this too is she made her debut. She only she it took four months to go from joining Stardom for the very first time and passing her rookie license. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like she spent like a year behind the scenes getting prepped and doing all this stuff, like we see with
1: some rookies now, mind Mm -hmm. you. Like we we see these rookies on the side, we have no idea what their names are, we don't know who they are, but Mm -hmm. we they've been there for a while. So clearly, they haven't passed that. While Utami did in four months
2: the discussion is generally you're looking at maybe six to seven months to go from signing up to start and being to being good enough to at least debut some take longer some like utami debut quicker um obviously with someone like, like utami and we'll talk about this more as we move forward it wasn't just some random schmuck off the streets of tokyo she had a bit of a name to her so there was a there was an incentive to push her and get her out the door into the public eye a little bit more quickly. Um, But you can see it's on the merit of her ability that she's out there. And, you know, by all reports, she was talking about, you know, preparing and getting ready. She was doing a lot of training behind the scenes. And basically when she wasn't eating and sleeping, she was training. Mm -hmm. She, she
1: was putting in the work to be great early Mm -hmm. on. And um, it's, it's why for me, I'm perfectly fine with the way they rolled her out because and and we said this in our last episode when we were talking about Rossi and his ability to make stars um you know not every wrestler when they debut are ready to be in that spotlight, yeah, but he saw her as one to do so, especially mm. after you know stardom at that time was they had their they had their core of people, but they were still they were still a little light i'd say and and yeah i think what they ultimately were able to do was use the undercard to really emphasize this is our future star this is Mm. our future ace arguably like this is where we're going and whether people were going to like it or not it paid off in the end which again is a classic rossi move whether it's a rookie new signee something
2: like that Yeah, when Rossi sees potential in someone, he will push them hard. And what I find is he will put you one or two positions above where you're currently ready. So if you're, say, at a mid card level, he's not afraid to put you at an upper mid card, borderline Mm -hmm. main event level, and basically tell you sink or swim. Yeah, he's not going to coddle you and go, Oh, it's okay, we'll slowly get you there. You know, if he believes in you and he thinks you can make him money you'll be sent out there and given the opportunity. And typically, Good. most people will get that opportunity at some point relatively early into their career. It's just a matter of then whether you can prove that you can hang. With Utami, literally the first match was a sink or swim match. And we can safely say, looking back, she swam in the deep end very comfortably. She did. She did. That for- first match, of course, as
1: we noted, Jungle Kiona at Cork and Hall. Mm-hmm. Not, not a light match to just have right jungle kyona by then very established for the company someone who is obviously a key veteran for Mm -hmm. the company someone who has had multiple title matches someone who has held multiple titles um someone who's just very important obviously one of Trent's favorites and we've you know we've talked about that but that has nothing to do with her importance at this time what like i said when i when i noted that it was still lighter underneath so that's why you could push the utami's of the world mm. jungle was you know that upper mid card slash you know if they needed her for a main event she's stepping into that spot and they put utami in the match against her i always mm. think it's interesting to look at what a rookie's debut match is and not often is it one like this especially with the result But Mm -hmm. again, I always bring up Amasaki because that's the most recent one, I think, for current people that really will see a rookie that they have a lot of belief in. Right. That is someone who stepped into new blood and wrestled a former World of Stardom champion in her first match. Um, Now, Jungle wasn't a champion, but here's here's the thing. Jungle was so established and the result, a 15 minute time limit draw in her first match. That's how you
2: completely make someone in one night. Yeah, and it's important uh, when we're talking about Jungle as well, like the basis of this first match was constructed pretty much a few weeks prior when Momo kind of asked Utami to come up and introduce herself to the audience. And she gives a very short speech and basically says, I want to be Stardom's number one power fighter. And that instantly twigs, you know, Jungle's sprinting to get out to the ring to say, oi no, 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 I'm the number one power fighter. If you want to be that, you go through me. So not only was it just like a, here's your chance to prove yourself, but she's instantly trying to stake a claim to a spot that is already being held by a veteran presence, by someone who has well and truly established themselves in that upper mid-card scene, who is a popular wrestler, who basically, if you're going to overtake them, you need to earn it, and you need to not only prove it in the ring, but prove it with the fan base as well. And I think the match itself
1: is really impressive on behalf of Utami. Um, yes, it pays to have a veteran like a jungle in there to help guide the way. But for someone who is still a rookie, and she's not doing like these superly advanced moves, right? She's mm. not out there doing the BT bomb or uh, many of her signature moves that we see today. Uh, But she has this fight about her, and she's proving the power fighter stuff. Like, it's a lot Mm -hmm. of just simple, basic power-based moves, but one that make you take notice. Because, again, fighting a fellow power-based wrestler like Jungle Kiona that's going to go far and it was a perfect it was the perfect matchup for her first match because she wasn't going to go out there and have a five-star classic or anything but she went out there and had a very strong pro wrestling match as a rookie in her very first match again that's all you can ask for in those scenarios right
2: yeah this is a simple match like I think there's a wonderful point of comparison if you're looking to sort of look at the history of Utami, if you're going to kind of follow what we're talking about in this podcast. I recommend going back and watching this first match and then almost a year to the day from this Mm. match, there's a rematch between them in the five-star Grand Prix. And it's a fantastic point of comparison because you're seeing the same two wrestlers, one of them it was debuting a year apart, and you see a difference in conception with the match, with the match type, the way they pace it. Utami's is trying a riskier move. She's doing the um, torture, torture rack bomb on the outside onto the apron. They're fighting on the top rope. There's, you know, targeting of body parts, whereas in this first match it is very much a basic, like, Jungle is hazing her. She's taking her through the rhythm and stuff. And she's having to prove that she can take it and then fight through it. And it's a wonderful little story because, yes, there's not nothing overly complicated about what they do, but they execute it perfectly. And for a debut, that's what you're looking. You can add the fancy technical stuff later, but when you debut in wrestling school, you're not learning how to do a storm breaker on day one. You're mm-hmm. learning how to take a back bump. And then for day two, you're probably learning to run the ropes. It's not until a long time down the road that you're worrying about the fancy stuff. But if you can hit the fundamentals right and early on, you can build and expand upon that. And that's no doubt a reason why she was given such a prominent spot early because they could trust her with the position. They could trust that she wasn't going to go outside of her element necessarily but do what she does well.
1: Yeah, it's not like they went more extreme with the big spot for her within the next couple months at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh so if we go down the timeline here, which is kind of the way we're gonna do it, and then we'll hmm. we'll kind of go into her previous history and um you know, interviews and stuff like that, which are very important to again understand who Utami is and what she has become, you know, you get a I think you get a better appreciation for her overall sure. um and you know if you're listening to this as the current time that this is coming out you miss her a little bit extra with her uh out of action i know i am i know trent is good um, thing we don't have to do podcasts for all of the wrestlers currently missing right now that would be a lot of podcasts that would be a lot of content um but it was august 18th just one week later where utami earned her first win defeating none other than tam the <laughs> Kano. In the five-star Grand Prix. So, she set the stage here, folks. Not only did she debut a, a week before, right? She then entered the five-star Grand Prix. And now I'm not saying the five-star Grand Prix was what it was back then that it is now, but it's still the premier round-robin tournament mm. of Joshi at this time.
2: And, have they've put u- there.
1: and they've put Utami in right off the rip. One match in, yeah, you're good. Earns her first win against Tam Nakano, and again, Tam Nakano was not in the same spot that she was now, but she's still a proven wrestler on the roster that Mm -hmm. Utami was able to defeat in her first match.
2: Yeah, and look, the five-star Grand Prix, the story there was great because after the debut match against Jungle Kiona, after all of the you know hype around, oh, she lasted 15 minutes with an established upper mid Carter and has earned her spot already, you see Rossi get on the microphone. He, he doesn't get up. He's just sort of in that little corner spot and he says, okay, you did pretty good, kid. Now, we've got a spot in the five-star Grand Prix if you want it. It's, it's just a great little kind of shout out there. It's like, okay, you've earned your spot there because it would have been very easy to say oh we're we're putting this rookie in the tournament uh but it was almost like she had to go out there and prove that she was ready rossi had someone in the back ready to go on the five-star grand prix if the match was subpar but no she went out there and proved herself and I mean, this five-star Grand Prix, if you didn't think drawing with Jungle Kyona in your first match is a good sign that the company believes in you, then the subsequent five-star Grand Prix definitely is proof that the company believed in her off the bat. She goes through, loses one match uh, against Kagetsu, of all people, the uh, current World of Stardom champion at the time, uh, and makes it to the final. This is weeks into her debut and she's beating everyone except the champ and, you know, making it to the final of the most prestigious tournament in the company. And that was against who, Trent? Just a a little known name. You know, we'll pause after we say it so you can look into Google and research who we're talking about. Mayu Iwatani, the icon of stardom my time would go on to win her first five-star
1: grand prix by defeating utami in the finals of course this would not be the last time utami would be in the five-star grand prix finals Mm -hmm. but again one and a half months to the day she debuted in a professional wrestling ring and she was in the finals of the premier women's wrestling tournament Mm -hmm. in the world
2: and holding on I mean, like that match is an interesting watch. Yeah. Uh, you, you see a little bit more of the rookie tendencies coming sure. out for her in that match. And I think probably a lot of that is to do with Mayu's style is very different to a Jungle Kiona. It's probably asking a bit more of the a wrestler to work in that kind of framework. She doesn't look bad by any stretch of the imagination, but you do kind of see the signs of someone still finding their footing a little bit in the ring. Um, but yeah, she made it there, and it wasn't. I, I I still remember when it was going on. People people were up in arms a bit about the speed of the push, which shouldn't surprise anyone because in twenty twenty three, people will be up in the arms of uh, any speedy push in Stardom. But I know that like, even myself, I was a little bit like, "Oh, hang on, hang on, what are we doing here?" There's there's other wrestlers here that we'd like to see get pushed. Uh, but like, she wasn't having bad matches. She was doing classic a good Jungle job. fan. <laughs> don't hurt me like that. Um, <laughs> classic Huzuki fan, you know, we, the list can go on there. Uh, but yeah, like it, was, it was a fascinating time. Um, I'm going to add plenty more names to that list. Don't you worry down the track. Um, oh, sure. I'm sure now <laughs> someone could listen to this and so we maybe
1: hopefully hopefully are eating crow about Ozuki and Micah, um. But we are recording this today. Micah won tag league. That is not the same. Uh, <laughs> winning a bigger tournament. Sorry, folks. Um. So I think, I think one of the which is great timing actually is that you know so she's a finalist September 24th. She faces Mayu Tani at that time out the importance of my through the roof the importance of kigetu mm-hmm. and those are the two people that utami loses to in this tournament overall yes the two most important people in the company at that time the only mm-hmm. other person that utami could have lost to that was important at that time was mo watanabe but instead they went on to win the goddess of stardom tag league undefeated mind you so she didn't have so so utami within what was it three months had her only two losses in the five-star Grand Prix were to the two other, you know, the world's stardom champion and the five-star Grand Prix winner, uh, Mayu Ibatani. And then the dominant Momo Watanabe, who's on, who ultimately was on the most dominant wonder stardom title run of all time at that Mm. point. And they run rough shot through the tag league. And within three months, she has made it to the finals of two tournaments.
2: Yeah, the timing one in those tournaments, too. The
1: timing is impeccable because we have just watched Su Suzuki make it to the finals of three tournaments in her first official year with the company.
2: Yeah, winning two well, We, we, we ignore, like, she technically was uh playing around in the pool a little bit the previous Yeah, year.
1: we ignore that because I think it's just important to show like what a full on we want you to be our top one of our top yeah. stars push looks like. And For sure. listen, sorry, Suzu wasn't a rookie. But that's the best comp we got these days because <laughs> truthfully, I'll say this, and this might be, maybe I'll eat, I'll eat my words eventually, there will never be another Tommy push in stardom in terms of a rookie walking in and getting all of this because they are too loaded of a roster, they're too big of a company now to do something like
2: that. You need a perfect storm for something like this to happen because it's even in other years, it might have been difficult to see it through. But like Stardom, already they were keen to find their next big star because when Utami started training with Stardom, she had two training sessions with EO Shirai basically before EO then moved on to WWE. So that gives you an idea of the time period we're talking about. They've lost Kairi, they've lost EO Shirai, they have a couple of ish names. I have Maya I have Kagetsu. Momo's definitely stepped up to the plate as the World of Stardom champion. Uh, Reese is coming in not too long after with the five-star Grand Prix. But it's, it's a roster that is looking for young people to really step up. You need that kind of setting for someone to get this kind of mega push. And you kind of need someone who picks up, the, picks up the learning super quickly, like Utami did and someone where an immediate push is worth money to the company, which is also in the case of Utami Haishishisna. Again, as we'll talk about in a little bit, she wasn't a total no-name.
1: No, no, she was not. Um, and they would proceed to win gold, um, making Momo a double champ at that time. But, you know, mm-hmm. what's a double champ? <laughs> that's what that's Utami, what I'm pretty sure, said to Momo after they won those tag belts. Um and I just want to say again, within three and a half months, debut in a draw against Jungle Kiona. First win in the five star Grand Prix. Finalist of the five star Grand Prix. Wins the tag league and now a goddess of stardom champion. And I think this is where, if you're listening to this and you don't know her full rookie run to perfection and you hear goddess of stardom champion, that's really where it starts to fully mm. hit because. Yeah. While, yes, the five the five star wasn't to the prominence that it is now. Shout out to, you know, prominence of course. Um, the tag titles were the tag titles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like there's no sugarcoating that it, mm-hmm. they were the the tag belts, the tag belts that were held by some of the best tag teams in Stardom history. And now Momo and Otami powered their way to these. They didn't just like happen to win. No, they powered their way mm-hmm. to winning these belts.
2: Yeah, and it is important to remember that the tag titles are very valuable in the Stardom system. Yeah, if you're coming into Stardom, you're relatively new to it. You don't always appreciate how high up the card these belts are treated. But these are, if you're holding these belts, it's an important championship. You're getting, if not main event match defences, you're getting semi-main event match defences. The best in the company are teaming together to try and win these belts. And the fact that Momo Watanabe not only wants to team with Utami, but there's this whole sort of mini story of trying to coerce her into Queen's Quest during this time as well, it's, it's like trying to sign that big free agent. You're trying to lure him in, you know. When she came out to announce herself to the Stardom World and Momo kind of introduced her and brought her to the ring, they make sure that she's there for the photos at the end of the show with Queen's Quest. Azumi dra- drags her into the uh, photo and makes sure she does that Queen's Quest Ansible. They push Jungle out of the ring. She's sort of looking there going, hang on, what's going on here? And they just kind of, no, 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 at you go, at you go. They wanted that photo with Utami before she's a member of, before she's wrestled her first match. They're getting in on that Queen's Quest thing and it eventually pays off Goddess of Stardom Tag League, Goddess of Stardom Tag Champions, and the newest member of Queen's Quest as approved by the commander, Azumi.
1: Could be argued that uh, that is a legal. Uh talking to someone before they're available i can't think of the word now damn it it's uh tampering yes that's illegal tampering
2: ahead of the official pre-agency period to Uh, be fair one of the other wrestlers would mention tam nakano she joined a new faction via kidnapping so that's also true there's
1: a lot of contract tampering these days huh oh yeah especially in wrestling i could name someone right now but you know what i'm not just because i don't want to um, mostly because if this comes back to bite me and it doesn't happen. Oh, that'd be tough. <laughs> Just for the people listening to this down the line. But the the greatness of Utami Haishisha would continue on. She would not stop there. No, no. She was far from over in this first year. She would go on to the rookie of Stardom Gauntlet, winning that on December 2nd, four months later, defeating the likes of Hina, Rina, and Natsumi. Um, this would set her up for a future of stardom title match against the one and only Starlight Kid.
2: Yeah, look. I don't think anyone was shocked that she won Rookie of the Year for two thousand and eighteen for Stardom, even amongst those who thought she was getting pushed a bit hard. Rina and Hina obviously they're carving out a nice little sort of spot for themselves, and they've grown a lot in the years since then. Natsumi kind of came in, had a little bit of fanfare she was connected with Mary Apache at the time, but it sort of she didn't stick with stardom. Utami came in like a house on fire. the rookie wasn't a shock at all. And honestly, neither was the future championship match that we're about to talk about.
1: No, no, she would go on, like I said, to win the future Stardom championship on January third, twenty nineteen, kicking off the new year with a bang, mm. um, adding her second title, joining Momoa Tanabe as a double champion. Uh, but like I said, she laughed at Momoa Tanabe at that idea. She was like, "Nah, this this is just the beginning." Uh, but beating Starlight Kid, kind of a, you know, the future Stardom title now does really highlight the future of stardom obviously but looking back at this match and where these two are now i mean what a way to showcase the future of stardom
2: (laughs) yeah literally your first two champions for a future belt is starlight kid who is one of the most popular wrestlers in your company and then your future ace your red queen um inutami haisha this is a fun little match Like, obviously, it's still fairly young Starlight Kid and rookie Utami, but they do some good work here. I love the leg work that Starlight Kid does in this match, and it's fun because a lot of the matches we're sort of talking about, and we might mention for you to go back and watch, is Utami working against a veteran, someone who has proven themselves and are essentially the steady hand guiding a match. Now, Starlight Kid has a lot more experience than Utami in this point, but she's still... Young. Yeah, you know, she's a young wrestler. She's still in school at this time. And so it's a different dynamic in this match. So it's quite fascinating to see how that changes things. And look, well, honestly, they both do a good job. Uh, it's fun seeing Utami with a couple of months' experience here. She's looking a little bit more confident in the ring. Yeah, like She mentions herself in an interview, or looking back in her first match, like, oh, she was a little bit too hunched over and the arms were dangling. She didn't look like a you know, statuesque person, wasn't appealing to the crowd. And you'd see just even here a couple of months later, she's starting to fix those little aspects and just improve the impression she gives in the ring and the way she goes about her business
1: yeah i i I just i I think it's just incredible to look back and think because the future of stardom title i think is such a great championship that i would never want to get rid of because Mm. i do think it highlight you go back to those initial days and the importance of that and having starlight kid having utami win it that's very important for the importance of that title now this title would eventually walk into the problem of no one was beating Utami for the belt. Yeah. As she went to hold the belt for 409 days before vacating it. Um however, however, I think that they set the precedent for it perfectly, especially with this match. Because mm-hmm. now we can look back and say, okay, this title does lead to main adventures. This title does lead to greatness for some of the best in storm so now when we watch rena hold it right when we watch han hold it those two when i think everyone knows those two are going to be great but mm. it's something to look forward to with this title especially as you go into storm history because the
2: future storm title is still very new yeah it's day. a deceptively good sign so, and obviously, like, the future of a company championship should be a good sign that you're going to become a big deal. But like we're talking about people who become big deals very quickly. You know, Starlight Kid was already well on the way to becoming a big deal when she won the championship. Utami was having her super rookie year. The next champions, Micah, who you know didn't take that long to figure things out either. And obviously, we're talking in 2023. She made the five star Grand Prix final. She won the Goddess of Stardom Tag League. You know, Eda was on a really good track until her injury. And I think now in end of 2023, we're starting to see her find that form again, but she was a member of the golden generation. And that isn't just a nice little sort of moniker to put on her. Like she was in with a group of people who Rossi saw as the future of this company. Ironically, that future included Utami in the golden generation. 100%. But
1: let's move forward in the timeline. Didn't have to go far. Two days later, Utami would get another accolade, winning a, a single-night trios team tournament, winning that with Bea Priestley and Viper. They would defeat um, Hanakamura, Mary Pachi Sadie Gibbs. In the semifinals, they would defeat Hazuki, Kagetsu and Sumire, And in the finals, they'd beat Arisa Shiki, Saki Kashima, and Tam Nakano. So no white teams.
2: No. No. <laughs> no, and particularly fitting that she was in a team with Viper for this match. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, she'd be challenging Viper for two championships. Now, this obviously doesn't quite have the same name as a Triangle Derby. This is just a fun little one day tournament. But I think it's still it's a tournament they ran. It's something that is highlighted and it's worthy of sort of mentioning because, like, we're talking about collecting accolades. And, you know, this is Utami just kind of filling up that Wikipedia uh, skills and accomplishments page like it's nobody's business it's incredible it's like
1: uh, i was gonna make a basketball reference but i'm gonna try to stop doing that because i think i've done that like the past nine podcasts we've had together uh but it's an incredible way to just like (laughs) send it home to people's brains like Mm. get used to it She's winning and she's winning yeah. a lot. It's I think I I do think though. The big rookie year made 2022 seem almost brutal for a lot of fans cuz like Tommy's doing nothing. What is this mm-hmm. life? Like there's literally nothing she's doing, right? Because almost always in her career she was doing something. Yeah. Um, so the the come down from the big rookie into the main eventer, into the world of stardom champion, just unbelievable. And we're not even we're not even done yet here. We
0: haven't even got to more titles.
3: Serving collectors since
2: 1945. <laughs> this is in January, and she debuted in August. Uh this is true. <laughs> this is true. The start uh, of can... January too. I should stress.
1: Uh what, what? Could you imagine if like they did this with someone now?
2: Like well, in I the can. It wouldn't be that different to how it was back then in terms of, like, the the fan reaction. That's true. It would be worse now. It would be so much worse now. Because people hate when, like, proven people do it. There there was a definite like, and I'm speaking purely amongst the Western audience because you watch the shows, the domestic fans are still pretty behind us. All of this, she's getting good responses. The streamers were still a thing, she's getting plenty of streamers. Like, the fans were definitely there amongst the Western fan base. There was definitely that apprehension because, yeah, I was joking about it earlier, but you know, people who are watching had become fans of, say, a Jungle Kiana or a Hazuki, and they're sort of. Even Tam Nakano at this point as well, I would say. And they were sort of thinking, well, they should be getting, quote-unquote, their turn. And it is a thing that would follow through, but I think with the sheer amount of success who Tommy was having, there was some definite backlash. Uh, It's a bit similar to the Julia situation that would come a year later. Uh, People were very apprehensive about the early success she was getting in stardom. And it took a while for people who started off apprehensive for Utami to truly win them over. Um, But it was fascinating watching that progression from like, oh, you know, she's being pushed too hard, she doesn't deserve it, to "Eh, actually she's pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of getting behind it. Okay, she's pretty sweet. And I can say that as someone who was one of those people who was a little bit annoyed at the time because I was still fairly new in my stardom fandom. I was learning the way they did things and this was one of those moments where I'm like, hang on, one of my favourites isn't getting pushed. Especially Jungle Kyona, because she was quite literally, Utami calls her a stepping stone for her, um, which obviously was a beautiful, beautiful use of words to rile up the Western fan base, the Jungle Kiona fans, calling her a stepping stone. Uh, but literally, like, you look at the first year in the company, Jungle Kiana is very important to... Utami not only finding her footing as a wrestler, but kind of proving herself as a big deal. Because yeah, first matches against Jungle. She draws with her again in the five-star Grand Prix. Jungle was the tag champion when her and Momo Watanabe win the titles. And then it's Jungle who wins the titles off her later on in 2019 to win the tag titles back.
1: It's a great story. It's mm. it's it's the type of stories we love in stardom it's the little things right it's kind of it, it's the best the best stories are the natural ones in pro wrestling so yeah. one like this where utami calls you know jungle a stepping stone and well that riles up the fans and you know she could have went full like cm punk and said tell me what i'm telling lies things like that um i think i think it's so great to come back around and see jungle kind of get the comeuppance in the hmm. end like For someone that drew with her and you know went through all these things with Utami, obviously the you know getting titles back it wasn't the longest reign, but it's still a emphatic win. And ultimately, we know how popular that team was that won those titles. So even for not a long reign, it was still a huge win for Jungle as well. Which a credit credit to what they did with Utami Mm. in the first year. It gave something big to someone else. By beating someone who had been wrestling for a year,
2: and that power fighter man, power fighter mantle that Utami and Jungle were fighting over in 2018 and 2019, kind of became a running mantle that everyone would step up to. Micah, when she came into the company, basically targeted Utami for the same reasons. She had Himika coming in looking to prove herself, and now in 2023, like Hanako is someone who's going to be coming for that title once she kind of proves herself as a wrestler. Anyone with any kind of size and strength is fighting for the chant for the unofficial title that Jungle and Utami fought for back in 2018. January 14 2019, the stardom eighth anniversary
1: show at Cork and Hall. Utami had some more gold, a lot more gold to yes. her shoulders. Um, and if anyone could find her, uh ultimo dragon like picture of her holding all the belts it's out there it's phenomenal mm. uh, she defeats viper to win the eve international championship as well as the swa undisputed world Women's title um uh, beating her in 11 minutes and 25 seconds on a show that involved Mo Watanabe versus Tanda Nakano for the Wonder Stardom title and Kagetsu defending against Jungle Kiona for the World of Stardom Championship. I bet you can guess who won that made it <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But adding two more titles, this is now four at this time. Mm-hmm. This is also in the same month. So in one month, in January, she won. The future of Stardom title, the single night trios tournament, the Eve International title, and now the SWA Women's
2: World title. This was a fun match too, because obviously someone like Viper, she's another proven commodity, established wrestler, and this was her last match in the company before she moved on to wrestle as Piper Niven and Do Drop in WWE. Uh, and this was a, it was a test for Tommy because I, again, she's a power wrestler. Everyone in Stardom struggled to do power against Viper because she's that much bigger. Um, and, you know, the battle is overcoming that. And it's important learning, sort of a learning point for someone in Utami's position to, you're not always going to be the biggest and the strongest. How do you adapt to that? And she adapted wonderfully. It's a fun match. Viper does a great job, obviously, with the veteran hand, but it's just another kind of step forward for Tami in this position. She's learning herself a little bit more, what she needs to do in the ring, how to play to the crowd. And you know, this is all the stuff like, she had to learn. Yeah, It's all well and good getting the fundamentals in the ring, how to do arm drags and headlocks and all of that. But if you're going to get over in wrestling, you've got to get over with these little things, the selling, the act of fear, the act of strength, the getting the crowd behind you. And through these few months, you really start to see that come forward. From January 14th
1: until April 5th, here's what Utami did in that time. To just give everyone an idea. She defended the Future of Stardom title successfully against Hanan. She defended the Goddess of Stardom championships with Momo against Jungle Kiona and Natsuko Tora. She then defended the Future of Stardom championship against Alex Gracia. She defended the Goddess of Stardom titles once again against Ariso Shiki and Mayu Iwatani, She defended the SWA title against Bobby Tyler. She defended the Eve international title against Bea Priestley. She defended the future of stardom title against Saida. She defended the goddess of stardom title against... Andres Miyagi and Natsu Sumire, and she defended the SWA championship against Rebel Kel before arriving at Stardom American Dream in the Big Apple. And the one US, uh, the one title match on the US show was none other than her making her challenge for the wonder of stardom championship against Momo Watanabe. She would come up short. She couldn't add another belt to her very, very much long line of belts. Of course, we know what Momo would go on to do there. She would lose Mm -hmm. her title, ultimately, to Arisa Shiki. Uh, But this is, unfortunately, where Utami would also get injured. She'd hurt her hand and would miss the next two months of
2: action. Yeah, it's it's interesting sort of looking at how this maybe slowed down the progression because in a lot of ways it didn't, but there is an important period here where like she could have been continuing to prove herself because not long after she would start to move the championship, some of these championships on from her, um, she didn't get a chance to keep up that momentum, but it's also a good chance to give everyone a breather because at this point like when she lost to Momo Watanabe, she hadn't taken a pinfall loss herself in like six months which is a long time for someone who debuted less than a year at this point is Um, that long (laughs) it's a decent amount of time for someone who's a rookie um but when you've got four championships and you're defending four championships uh you kind of need to win a lot of those matches
1: i would i would argue you're right i would argue you're right um but she would return, of course, and it would be with plenty of more big accolades and big matches to have because she, again, has been very busy um, with, all, with all these titles. She had really no choice. She had to be busy. Yeah. Um, so she made her return on June 9th um, wrestling in two matches that day because it was a evening afternoon show um then at shining destiny her and mom would successfully defend the titles against suzuki and natsuko tora um they would then defend the title successfully against bobby tyler and hanakamura um and they would roll on but she would however head over to england and lose the Eve International title in a three-way elimination match as Jamie Hayter would defeat both Utami and Nina Samuels
2: to become the new champion at Wrestle Queendom 2. Fun fact and rather shocking fact. Utami's the first one eliminated in that match.
1: That is that is why they stopped working with Eve. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, she did win because uh, this is a mini Eve tour. Uh, earlier in the tour, she did beat you in a one-on-one match. Yes, bag. she did. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of fun little, you know, you're not going to expect that she's the first eliminated in that match, but probably it's a, it's an Eve show, give the Eve women the chance to shine. But they definitely, when she came back from injury, it felt like they were trying to make up for lost time before they started moving these championships around. You know, those, the goddess belts, she defended them quite a bit as mm-hmm. soon as she came back. Um,
1: back-to-back matches to be exact yes. um so yeah uh and then she would of course go on to lose the goddess tag tiles to jungle kiona and konami ending what was a very successful um 234 day reign mm. including uh six successful defenses
2: yes um she held on to the SWA belt and she held on to the future belt beyond that. Both of those she either lost or vacated in 2020, but that is outside of the one year right, uh, mark for her career. Yeah, so we um, can't talk about it. We can't no 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 we're, we're not allowed to talk about that. But just, just like you want just to like we can't about, talk
1: about uh people's careers outside of starm Can't do it.
2: No, they don't, no, don't exist. Um a fun little thing though was to bring her first year as a wrestler to a close. Literally on the the same show, Stardom X Stardom, but in 2019 instead of 2018, she got her first World of Stardom Championship match against B Priestley, which is a nice little feather in the cap to bring a close to that first year of uh, wrestling in the ring. It's another good match. It's an interesting match to watch. It's uh B. Priestley wrestles a different style. She's forced to adapt to certain things. But you can see the growth that she's made over this year. She's got new gear. She's got a slightly new look. The hair's been grown out a bit more. She's doing a lot more playing to the crowd. Like the the selling is better. Um she's still finding her way. Like this isn't a case of one year in the business, you're all, you know, carved into diamond perfectly. But just you can see the growth she's made and the the constant pressure of having to step up to championship matches. She was defending four belts at one stage. Um, Yeah, that forces you to either sink or swim. And that is the constant story of this first year of Utami. Can you sink or can you swim? And she was swimming by that point.
1: Uh, Briefly, she, of course, would go back into the five-star Grand Prix and she would get injured there. And it wasn't really until uh, the new year, 2020, where, of course, she'd go on to Have plenty of success by year's end as Mm. Stardom's new top star. Uh, But an incredible first year for the big rookie. The big rookie held four championships simultaneously, um, including three singles belts and the tag belts. Have multiple defenses that you heard me go through a lot of them within a two-month span. Um, She challenged, like you said, for the Wonder and World of Stardom title. And that would wrap up what is the best rookie year you could ask for um especially um post you know kind of like in the second half of stardom's history this is mm. the first half which you know we all kind of separate 2015 and on right it's like that first yeah. half because nana is gone after that and that's when things dramatically change you go with the um but there is no rookie run like the big rookie
2: yeah, the, the closest comparison, especially in Stardom, is Yuzuki Akawa, but it's very different circumstances. You know, Stardom was a completely yeah. different company at that time. Really, the one similarity they shared, the point of note, is that they both came in with a certain measure of name power. Now, uh, Yuzuki, a bit more well-known, especially by her own name, um, but they both came in with some measure of uh, name recognition. And hate to use the word celebrity, but celebrity um so
1: before we kind of get to that um you know the otami before stardom and and now i guess i think we all know where she is now but we'll we'll give you we'll give you your update uh what she's done since then uh she ended up winning the tokyo sports newcomer award in 2018 she was the runner up for the rookie of the year award in the wrestling observer newsletter um just losing to ronda rousey Mm -hmm. um so pretty impressive that her she came in second to someone who was a very popular one of the most popular ufc fighters turned wwe superstar it's not like you know it's not like ronda rousey went into the indies because that's unimaginable right (laughs) no no no. (laughs) couldn't imagine that um so i think that's a big feather in her cap right especially because stardom wasn't again as popular as it is now back absolutely then. Yeah. um and then she won the stardom rookie of the year from the gauntlet match outstanding performance and best tag team award all in 2018 so more just from august to december let's
2: just yes. remind people yes. of this that's not a yes. full year of being a rock. That, that's that just is... the first few months
1: yeah that's insane it's an absolute <laughs> psycho run by utami but uh uh, again, I, everyone should come and look at the document we have. It's the funniest thing. It's just like, here's all the year one accomplishments. And it's like a career. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
2: uh, one, two, three. Like it's a lot of wrestlers
1: won't do this in their career.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If, if I was a wrestler, I'd, I'd be happy with the accomplishments she'd have. I'd be confused because these are all women's championships, but.
1: Oh. There's jokes to be made about how many stardom wrestlers haven't done this in their career, let alone <laughs> in their <laughs> first year. <laughs> uh, but I won't, I won't, I won't name anyone. But it is funny, mm, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna name anyone. I swear. Uh,
2: <laughs> but Trent, you you take us forward now because i my <laughs> Before Scott gets himself into trouble and uh, says Me? things that he shouldn't. No, no, never, never. I've never gotten myself into trouble. We, we do need girl. to address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, we've mentioned, we've brought reference to Utami being a known commodity yes. as a person before she joined Stardom. Well, what is this? And this is, I think, it's very important when we're talking about this first year that Utami had, because she did have that, that sort of name aspect coming in. She was on TV from the age of eight. Uh, as part of the Sukai Big Daddy TV show, and Big Daddy, for those who aren't aware, is Itami Hashishida's father. Um, he sort of had a bit of a reality TV aspect big to Daddy. him. Actual name is Kyoshi Hashishida, and this TV series basically followed him and his family his bloody big family, a 12 person family, basically as they're growing up and going through things. You know, they moved around a lot, um, you know, started in very rural areas. Uh, out in Oshima, in Oshima Island, which is out near Okinawa. For those who know their geography, that is not near Japan, even though it's a Japanese island. Uh, it's far off. It's, it's the Hawaii for Japan, basically. Um, and she grew up, you know, bouncing around the country, and this is one of the areas she was in. And, yeah, this TV series uh, basically was being produced from September 2006 all the way to December 2013. One thing to keep in mind when we're talking about this show, uh, when, we specific, when we mention like reality TV shows, you might think of your Desperate Housewives or American Idols and stuff like that, which run weekly. Uh, not quite the case with this show. They would film the Haisha the family all year, basically. But what they did was broke it up into an episode of about two hours long, which would release every couple of months. For this sort of time period. So, as Utami's growing up, cameras are following her around. Every couple of months, a TV episode would be released on TVSahi in prime time. This isn't kind of just tucked away at 11 p.m. at night on like a Thursday evening. Uh, this is when the, the heavy hitting shows were on. And it did well enough that it would actually keep that prime time slot throughout the years that it was running. Now, obviously, Utami wasn't the main character of this show. It was Big Daddy, and sort of second cab off the rank was uh, Minako, which was the wife turned ex-wife of Big Daddy, who would go on to have her own kind of follow-up movie called Unjust Minako back in 2013. But what this did was the high name and Utami's face had been seen on television with a very popular fan base. Yeah, it, it did blow up a little bit in 2011 as well, but like this is a fan base that grew up for years, seeing her grow up from a, a kid up into a teenager to a very shy high schooler. And so then a couple of years later when it comes out, oh, one of Big Daddy's kids, she's getting into wrestling. There is interest, there's intrigue. Fuji TV did a, like a little special on part of their show covering this journey that she was going on, about to step in the ring as a wrestler. Not every rookie has major television networks going, we want to talk about the fact that you're training to become a wrestler. So for someone like Rossi, when he sees Hashishista pop up on the resume of willing applicant coming in, there's a certain aspect where you're thinking, hmm there's some there's money to be made with someone like this. We're not talking necessarily Ronda Rousey or Logan Paul or Bad Bunny levels of fame, but this is someone who wants to come in, has that name power, has that connection and is willing to put in the hard work and be a full-time wrestler. It it makes a bit more sense when you're looking at that as to why she was pushed so strongly out of the gate because there was money to be made out in out of the gate for someone like her. Fu Chan that's that was the fun
1: one i had because she had Mm. you know they documented her tv here they documented her wrestling on tv in prime pretty much prime time for japan so that was the first thing i thought of you named (laughs) logan paul and stuff like that let's talk let's talk about the stardom ring but you're absolutely right like even now i don't know if this is true but even if she wasn't ready (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's It's so tempting to just go with it, with (laughs) with this history, right? Because people are interested. All right, people are so interested. Here you go. Here's her in the biggest spots possible. Here's her, you know, again, sink or swimming. Let's just see what she can do. And I'll always say that's my favorite part of Rossi's booking more than anything else, Mm. is the sink and swim mentality. Because more often than not, people do uh, swim. Maybe not right off the rip but eventually they do swim. Um, and this obviously just makes her look, it just made her look like a star, you know, from the get-go. And you you still saw her talk about her family and her father, especially when she was World of Stardom champion, mm-hmm. with the goal of trying to make him proud and things like that, which I think is always good to know anytime she's talking about it. Because maybe, you know, maybe when we read the interviews and we hear, you know big daddy's name or whatever we're like huh well who cares you know like some people are just like okay great Hmm. but there's there's a lot of uh fame to that there's a lot of reason to that and i just think uh that's good knowledge and um it it's a big part of her story even if she's moved a lot on from having to worry about that because i think utami's really made a name for herself obviously um it's still something to keep in the back of your mind
2: It's hilarious when you go back and watch. We were talking about it uh, not that long ago, one of the previous episodes, about the costume change battle royal. Natsuko Tora comes out dressed as Utami. This is while Utami's injured. Utami's at ringside and she's dressed as Big Daddy, as her father. And when Natsuko steps up to do her taunt on the the ring post, Utami steps up and the crowd audibly starts cackling, laughing hilariously because When you see a picture of Big Daddy, he does have a very distinctive visage. He's got the Mm moustache. He's got the, you know, the. I don't know if he universally called a do rag, but I always refer him to kind of the do rag things that that was being worn. Uh, And like Utami's got that, got those two items on, and instantly everyone's cracking up. (laughs) Um, When you watch the debut match, Utami has. I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the entire family, but it's most of the family who are all there with flowers for her and they take photos in the ring together. And you get an idea for just how big this family is. Like that's the whole point of the show was Big Daddy was a big daddy. He created a (laughs) lot of children. Um, And Utami's the sixth kid. Yeah, she's in right in the middle of that family. Um, And it's fascinating to see kind of the growth there and especially like she becomes a professional wrestler it's a very public facing role by all reports both herself family members and outside sort of reports she was super shy as a kid and when she sort of said to her dad i want to become a professional wrestler he's like Cool, but can you handle that kind of public-facing persona? She was so shy and anxious as a kid that when she got lost in an airport in like the second grade of uh, second year of high school, instead of asking for help, she just walked around and was crying for an hour and a half. Which I can relate to, um, but I'm not becoming a professional wrestler and having to perform in front of thousands of people.
1: Hey, it's the it's the it's the wrestlers that uh, are shy and scared and a little bit introverted and, you know, that hide a little bit, you know, Mm.
2: they turn into the diamonds. after, And you kind of see that in her in the first Mm. performances. Like she does well, especially considering she had that sort of shyness and anxiety about her. But you can definitely see like it took a while to find that confidence as a persona. She had the confidence in the ring, but as a persona, as a character, it took a little bit. I have even said, free. I think Utami didn't have the
1: full understanding of who she was in the ring and rather was more playing a character until towards the end of her world title reign, like Mm -hmm. not even like, not even the end of the first year as a rookie, you know, no, it it was until like throughout that title reign, maybe after the Shuri stuff really gave her the confidence Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, I'm that good. Like I, I know who I am. And I, I think that is, again like you said a play on her past it's not something you so easily know it's something that wrestlers once you find yourself and it's the toughest thing to teach right we always talk about that charisma is the toughest thing to teach the in-ring stuff you can learn Mm. like in time you can learn you can at least get to an acceptable rate where if you have everything else you're golden yeah and for tommy i think there was always a presence there she just didn't know how to utilize that mm. presence and of course now we see her and she feels like the biggest star in the room um, but i do think that even when the world of stardom title reign started she wasn't in full grasp of who she truly is
2: you're absolutely right and even in interviews she's given sort of looking at that world of stardom reign that she has she identifies in herself that she didn't necessarily even though she was champion she had everything kind of given not given to her but she was given the opportunity to succeed in all these areas she didn't necessarily have the confidence to believe in herself in that position and you know she was World star starting champion but she wasn't main eventing all-star queen right that was julia right. versus tam the next month she wasn't main eventing it was the tag match that was main eventing and when you're a young wrestler as a champion and you know the top champion and you're not necessarily main eventing it's understandable it would start to get to you and maybe you're questioning whether you should be there and that sort of shyness and that little kid inside of you starts coming back up to the surface and yeah i think it was the shuri match that kind of announced hang on no i i am a main event talent i am the top champion you have to go through me
1: And, and i've said this before we're kind of getting more into now than the big rookie stuff the big rookie stuff's covered you get it she dominated everyone um I've said this before but it wasn't until like I forget what match it was or like what moment it was in 2022 where I said she's now ready to win the wonder of stardom title because and I remember tweeting that out and people were like excuse me. <laughs> I was like no you need to understand like that title you need so much you you need so much more than just The presence and the accolades and Mm. which of course she had all but like you need the understanding of a story and you need the understanding of where you're going with that belt right and for utami we saw it this year even without the belt she knows how to tell that story to perfection Mm. especially with that cage match can't stress enough how great that is it's it i would argue it's one of it's a top three performance for her as a professional wrestler, and this is a professional wrestler that has a five and a half star match. <laughs> that you know, you may hear that and be like, "Well, you know, Osprey has all the." Shut up! Like that, it's a big deal when the women's get those, and that's mm-hmm. one of the highest rated women's matches in. You know, with Meltzer, I'm not saying Meltzer's ratings are the end all be all, but they're the ones that people notice. Yes. So that's how important that is. And Utami has always been hit, not always, but since that Shuri match, she has clearly been ready. And I can't stress this enough. She gets that world title again. It's going to be infinitely better than that first reign because she is so
2: much more prepared for it. There's a lot of pressure on her as a young champion. And trying to find that character. And you see a very stoic Utami as that that world of stardom champion. And, yeah, we talked about it at the time. You can kind of see the weight being lifted off her shoulders once she lost that championship and was a little bit freer to – Experiment with the character. I'd argue maybe be more her true self amongst friends' self, um, and it starts to showcase that. Like, and that was yeah, that was the biggest challenge for her in that first year. Is what's her character? What's she building towards? The innering stuff was really strong off the bat and got really good really quickly. Even the little stuff in the ring, she was picking up the the facial reactions, the selling, the crowd response and all that. She was getting that early on, but it was developing that character and that was the slow progress. She had the benefit of working with people like Momo Watanabe, bringing her up alongside her in that tag team that she had, and then working with fantastic wrestlers like Jungle in that first year and she'd move on and be wrestling some of the cream of the crop in stardom. And it was all slowly building and building and building. And for as fantastic as the big rookie's first year was, it's so important to state that it was a continual growth beyond that as well. She didn't rest on the laurels of, hey, I had a fantastic first year, but she continued to work on who she was, hone her craft. And even once she became champion, she knew there were still steps before she was the best version of herself. And thankfully in 2023, as good as she's become both in the ring as a character I think she's still got steps to take. And that's the exciting thing. Cause she's still young.
1: Yeah. She's still young. She's still learning. She, and, and we've seen her do that. Maybe a step is, you know, go using <laughs> the form she found, mm. bringing it to the five-star Grand Prix for the first time ever. Just an idea, Tommy. I just want to toss that out there. Um, but is there anything else you want to touch on real quick before we wrap this episode up?
0: I,
2: I think we've sort of covered the, the main aspects of it. Like, There's little things you can dive into, but for the crux of what we've talked about, you get a good idea of, you know, she had name power coming in. That gave her a leg up, Uh, but it wasn't just, that gave her a reason to be pushed strong out the gate. But Rossi also isn't going to push someone out there who can't handle the moment. She goes out, has a fantastic first match after just four months of training and is continually tested by management by giving her more and more responsibility, more and more championships, more and more big match situations, constantly saying, are you ready for this moment? and pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. And she continued to prove that she was ready and continued to grow. As fantastic as that first match is with Jungle Kiona, and it is a match, if you have not seen, I strongly recommend going back and watching just to see, A, how good she was back then, and B, how good she's become in comparison. But you go back and look at her and then look at her a year later against Jungle Kiona, just the growth in that personality, the growth in that in-ring stuff. It was just a fascinating time to watch wrestling and see see a diamond, not in the rough, but, like, literally plucked from the dirt and told, this is a big deal, and prove it herself. I can't stress enough, as
1: we wrap this up, how difficult it is to be put into such a role with such a big spotlight on you and... uh, ultimately become everything they wanted you to be and more Mm. living up to the potential and then exceeding the potential that doesn't happen all the time. Like in, in pro wrestling, that doesn't happen all the time. Many times there are wrestlers who crash and burn and don't ever reach that level of potential. There are wrestlers. We still watch today that we don't know if they will get there despite the high praise and high potential utami despite us saying there's still room to grow that's because she has this ceiling that is unlimited Mm. she's one of the best in the world she's one of the best stardom has ever built up you know if she was done wrestling tomorrow that's how great her reign has been yeah but thankfully she has so much more to do so much more avenues to go down um and i can't stress enough how taking that chance with the big rookie whether fans loved it or not boo-hoo And again, is- domestic
2: fans did. Like I'm just talking yeah, about the Western fans when I was saying that. Well, Western fans are the ones listening to this, so <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's always important distinction because yes, sometimes absolutely. we get trapped in our little bubble. It's like, they oh, love to do that. The people on Reddit, along with me, disagree with this opinion. Therefore, everyone yeah. disagrees with it. Yeah, no, yeah. domestic fans are different
1: from us. Yeah. Uh, that's who stardom books to. Remember that folks. They booked we're up. not
2: the primary, we're not the secondary, we're not the tertiary demographic.
1: No, we're not. Um, but she was able to take it in stride and become, like I said, one of the best. So shout out to the big rookie, Utami just Uh uh, we'll of course down the road be back to talk about oh, yeah. Utami many, many times. Um, but I thought, you know, the big rookie idea, which was yours perfect one to kind of highlight because this is one that i think a lot of people want to know especially as we're in the in the middle of Mm. you know her prime
2: the further away we get from that debut the more fans who are coming in will not be aware of it because not it's not even a talking point anymore like when you talk about utami it's it's almost like just a, a footnote in when you're talking about what she's doing and what she has done and so it is valuable to go back and say hey she was a big deal from day one and she was a talking point from day one. And it is so unlike every other rookie that comes through. So when we get a rookie come in and people are talking about, Oh, this is a new timey type push. You know, the hype around her is this big fans will understand what that actually means. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up though. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But as we wrap it up here, Trent, anything to plug, anything people should be looking out for and uh, give us your socials as per usual. Yeah,
2: my socials are on Twitter slash uh, X at one Up Culture. You can hear more from me on the Ocean Cyclone show along with Scott and along with Ryan Dilbert and also ChocoCast uh, with Finley and with Jeff, Window Jeff. Uh, those are both monthly podcasts on the WrestleIn network. I also sometimes write when it, the mood strikes me, <laughs> when it's a full moon in May and Venus and Mercury align, um, that's, about the only time i write these days but i do intend to get more stuff out and you can find that on wrestling find that through my socials you follow me at
1: scott e wrestling on twitter x instagram if you use that threads if you use that i don't use it but my name is on there so i'm gonna act like it's there blue sky i don't even know what that app is never used it literally gotta sign up signed up never touch it again um but just follow me on x that's the best place to do it um Check out my interview with Kenosuke Takeshita over on Fightful.com. His match, of course, Jericho has already happened, but there's still answers in there about his AEW ride and what to look forward to, so definitely check that out, please. I have more interviews coming up, hopefully very, very soon. Um, Putting in a lot of work there. Make sure to check out the 5 Star Joe show, uh, available anywhere that you get your podcast, you can get that on the Fight Game Media Network feed. So, uh, type in Fight Game Media Network into Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, and that will be the main show in the feed every single week moving forward. Uh, that is the best bet if you want to hear me talk about the current day or current product of stardom and everything else in the world of Joshi. Um, this week is also gold rush so i should have a preview i should have a live review that day over on the youtube for fight game media as well so if you want to hear me review that show and talk about the major announcement whatever that may be head over there should be a lot of fun hopefully i have no idea uh but otherwise that's it from us we'll be back next time with the beginning of a two part series led by Trent himself, because God knows I'm not leaving it. It will be a jungle Very fitting
2: given today's topic,
1: a jungle Kiona retrospect. She will be our topic. Our first uh, wrestler in a little bit like full on wrestler subject. Mm. Obviously we talked about Tommy today, but this will be a two part or this will be jungles feature episodes. So, uh Trent will be leading that and then we'll close out the year with something fun but we'll wait until the second episode of Jungle to let you all know that one. So, for Trent, I'm Scott. This was the Start and Road podcast on the Countout Podcast Network. Until next time. See ya.
0: This has been a Countout Podcast. Hi
1: guys, this is Lauren.
3: This is Michael.
1: And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future